Hello, and welcome to the turbulent world of Middle East soccer, or Mid-East soccer podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. Thought that sectarianism was a pillar of the Saudi-Iranian rivalry? Think again. Think Kashmir, where the two countries' geopolitical rivalry and Turkish ambitions cross sectarian lines with Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Turkey competing for Indian Kashmiri hearts and minds, Iran and Turkey's embrace of Kashmiri nationalism is winning them sympathy among both Shiite and Sunni Muslims. The two countries' perception of Kashmiri aspirations as nationalist rather than religious gives them a fighting chance to counter long-standing Saudi influence in the troubled South Asian region. The Kashmiri competition, like Kazakhstan, where a Saudi-inspired apolitical and loyalist strand of ultra-conservative Islam has gained popularity, suggests that Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who has sought to root his legitimacy in newly found Saudi nationalism rather than the kingdom's ultra-conservative interpretation of Islam has not given up on religion as a soft power tool. Prince Mohammed, since coming to office in 2015, has significantly cut back on funding and converted the kingdom's major funding vehicle, the World Muslim League, into a group that sings his praises and propagates tolerance and interfaith dialogue. Nevertheless, the Crown Prince views the promotion of Madhalism, a particular Saudi strand of ultra-conservatism that preaches absolute obedience to the ruler and sees the kingdom as the model of Islamic governance as a way of countering Islam- Iranian activism and the notion of an Islamic republic that recognizes a degree of popular sovereignty. Saudi Arabia invested an estimated $100 billion in funding of religious seminaries, cultural and higher educational institutions, media organizations, and, in a handful of countries, militant groups as part of a more than 40-year religiously cloaked, globally waged covert war with Iran. More recently, Turkey has sought to lay claim to leadership of the Muslim world by funding mosques and other institutions across the globe, as well as seizing upon Muslim causes like Jerusalem. The funding, coupled with diplomatic pressure, also aims to counter the far-flung and battled empire of Fethullah Gülen, an Islamic preacher who lives in exile in Pennsylvania and whom Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan accuses of having staged a 2016 failed military coup. Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Turkey's identification of Kashmir as a battleground points to the increased importance they attribute to South and, by extension, Central Asia. In a twist of irony, Mr. Erdogan appears to be embracing the Sufi Menzil sect, one of the largest and most powerful Sufi orders in Turkey that is far more liberal than Saudi Arabia's ultra-conservatism, but shares with Madhalism 
a rejection of politics. Menzel Sufis have filled vacancies in the government bureaucracy and security services created by Mr. Erdogan's mass purge in the wake of the failed coup of alleged followers of Mr. Gulen, according to journalist Timur Soykan, who recently published a book on a more controversial Sufi order. Like Madhalis, Menzils, with a history of support for the Turkish state and its military, potentially could serve as antidotes to Iranian Shiites' activism in places like Kashmir, where Iran is targeting the Shiite minority, who account for 15% of the region's population. Portraits of Iran's late spiritual leader Ayatollah Ruhollah Khomeini loom large on billboards in Shiite neighborhoods whose streets are named after Shiite martyrs. Saudi Arabia's execution in 2016 of a prominent Shiite cleric sparked anti-Saudi protests in Kashmir. Unlike Iran, Turkey, eager to expand economic cooperation with India, has restricted its focus in Kashmir to verbal support in international fora, rather than the funding of mosques and or schools. That has not stopped separatist groups from embracing Mr. Erdogan, even if that doesn't challenge Saudi influence on the ground. Indian journalist Asid Jolly estimated as far back as 2011 that 15% of Kashmir's population was affiliated with some 700 Saudi-inspired ultra-conservative mosques. A Sufi organization put the figure 10 times higher. Akhil al-Hadith, South Asia's oldest Saudi-backed religious group, is believed to have funded some 150 schools, colleges, orphanages, clinics, and medical diagnostic centers in Kashmir. Practically every village along the picturesque, poplar-lined, 60-kilometer stretch northwest of Srinagar towards Gulmarg has one or more Akhil al-Hadith-funded mosques. The new mosques and their attendant madrasas make for a contrasting picture with the hundreds of dilapidated mosques built over centuries in the age-old Sufi tradition, Mr. Jolly reported. The Wahhabi influence is not new to Kashmir, as followers of this Islamic practice have been there since the last 100 years. But the phenomenal growth in their influence and their far and wide reach now can be attributed only to the funding the local Ahl Hadith have got from Saudi Arabia in the last 30 years, said an Indian intelligence officer more recently. Added analyst Abhinav Pandya, Kashmir is becoming ground zero for a new geopolitical race for influence. Iran and Turkey have deep, sometimes overlapping interests. Saudi Arabia wants to ensure a return on its financial and ideological investment. The question is whether these states will weaponize those supporters in a future proxy conflict between themselves or between separatists and India itself. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. A written version of the podcast is on my blog, the turbulent world of Middle East soccer, 
at mideastsoccer.blogspot.com. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. All the best and take care.